Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Amen. Do you guys trust God? Do you trust God even when it's hard? Even when it's hard. It says in Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3 is like my all-time favorite. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to not lean on your own opinion or your own understanding, but in all of your ways, submit yourself and he will make your path straight. Am I right? It's really hard sometimes to trust God when we're in a really hard time. Like if we're just being honest, it's good to be honest. We don't live by our feelings, but it's good to be honest that it's not always easy to trust God because sometimes we do live by our sight. We don't always walk by faith. We want to admit that we walk by faith, but if we're being honest, we don't always walk by faith. Sometimes we walk by sight, you know? And it's okay, but I think that the Lord's gonna take us on a journey tonight to trust him, even in the wilderness, even in the wilderness. If you guys have your Bibles, how many have your Bibles? We're gonna turn to Luke 4. I just have a few points, and they're mostly for me. (laughs) But if you're taking notes, I mean, you can write them down too. But it just helps me with the... I'm telling you, when I try to get all my thoughts out, it's just so hard. And I realized the other day that I got it from my dad. Because he was like, I have a really hard time communicating my thoughts. And I'm like... Finally, I finally found where I got it. It's my dad. So thank you, dad. But point number one is trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna read, we're gonna start in Luke 4, verse one. It says, okay, so I'm gonna give you some context. Jesus was just baptized in Luke 3. Yes, Jesus was just baptized. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and Jesus was, now we're in Luke 4. Okay, perfect. There's some other things that happened, but yeah. If you want to read it, you can go back and read it. I think there's a lot of names there, so it's perfect. Okay, 4 verse 1. It says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Who was full of the Holy Spirit? Jesus. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit, capital S, in the wilderness. Isn't that crazy? Like that in itself is crazy to me. Like the spirit led Jesus. First of all, Jesus was full of the spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be full of the spirit. But the Holy Spirit knew that Jesus needed to be led into the wilderness for a purpose. Like that just blows my mind. Like Jesus just got baptized and now he's being led into the wilderness by the spirit. How many know, I'm just gonna keep reading. Where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, Jesus ate nothing and not, nothing at all at that time and became very hungry. Some of us would become hangry, but this is Jesus and he became hungry, not hangry because he's perfect, okay? Then the devil said to him, okay, I'm gonna stop there. I'm not gonna read that yet. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Some of us would rather lead ourselves and lead our own lives rather than being led by the Spirit. 
So sometimes wildernesses are self-inflicted wildernesses. Sometimes the wilderness we're in is self-inflicted because we decided to lead ourselves rather than to be humble and be led by the Lord. Like Pastor Shar's given that example, like, come on, like follow me. It's like, no, let him be the one that you're following. Follow him. It says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I'd like to just lay it out there that maybe we're experiencing resisting because we're the one that's leading. But he gives grace. There's a grace to walk through the wilderness if he's the one that led you there. There's a grace to walk through the wilderness if he's the one that led you. So, we usually usually don't see it right away, but there's a great purpose when he leads us through the wilderness. And I'm gonna say this, if you led yourself through a wilderness, all you gotta do is surrender. (laughs) And then you're right, and then he's he's gonna take over and he's gonna turn it for good. You know, he's not gonna be like, oh, good luck in the wilderness, you led yourself there. Like he's not some meanie, you know? Like God is not a mean God. God is a faithful God. God is one that goes ahead, behind, and beside you. And so it just takes humility, it takes surrender, and he's going to pick you up right where you're at and he's going to direct you out of that wilderness. So that's if you have led yourself down a self-inflicted wilderness. (laughs) Okay, I just wanna say that. He turns things for good because he's good. Am I right? Yeah, he's faithful. So we just need to humble ourselves. Pastor Bob says, it's better to do what God is blessing than to ask God to bless what we're doing. (laughs) You know, like that's awesome. That can preach, am I right? (laughs) That came from the master, the, the general papa of the house, you know? Perfect. Okay, we're on, we're gonna continue on in verse three. If you're in Luke 4, verse 3, it says, Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. If you are the Son of God, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and the devil himself is being like, If you are the Son of God. Like, talk about his identity being questioned. Talk about his identity being questioned. How many of us in here are experiencing opposition in our identity, in who we are? How many in this world are experiencing opposition in who they are? We don't know who's what or what. What are you? What are you? What are you? There's a, there's a male and a female. You know, we're experiencing legit an identity crisis. You know, and it's important for the church to experience this. It's important that we take this. Jesus is our example. It says in 1 John that we need to live as Jesus lived. Look what Jesus did in the face of questioning his identity. The devil was literally waving it over him. If you are the son of God, if you are who they say you are, if you are the son of God, this is what he said. No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. No, the scriptures say, what did Jesus do in the time of opposition? He quoted truth. When his identity was being questioned, he quoted truth. He quoted truth. He quoted truth. How many times do we quote truth in the times of opposition? 
when we're experiencing like, oh, if that's really who you are, like if you're really that confident, if you really can do that, if that's really, if you are actually a child of God, like in the face of that, are we like, yeah, I don't know. Jesus wasn't like, yeah, I'm not sure. He's like, no, the scriptures say with confidence. He said that in the face of trial. <sighs> it's good. So the first thing that was, that was um, questioned was his identity. And then it says, then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in one moment. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and the authority over them, the devil said. <laughs> the authority over them? Like he's talking to Jesus. I'll give you the authority over them. Oh my gosh. Because they are mine to give to anyone, I please. I will give it to you if you will worship me. First of all, he just wants our, the devil wants, wanted the worship, jealousy. But he was testing Jesus's authority. I will give you the authority. Like he's talking to Jesus, the one with all authority. You know, how many times is our authority tried? How many, tri how many times are we tried in who we are in our authority? What did Jesus do? He quoted scripture. He literally said, Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and only serve him. He quoted scripture. In the times of opposition and who we are and our authority as children of God, we need to know the word. Yeah. And we need to quote the word in the face of opposition. First of all, it comes with knowing the word first because if we don't know the word, how can we you know, combat, combat the lies of the devil? So that's number two. The first thing that was tested was his identity and then his authority. And what's next? It says, then the devil took him to Jerusalem the high, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect and guard you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. His identity was tested again. And he, the, the devil even quoted scripture. Imagine that. What did Jesus do? The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. And then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Like that, we could be done. What do you do in the times of trial? You, you know the truth. You know the word of God. You know who's in you. Jesus, if Jesus didn't know who he was, this story would have looked a lot different. To be honest, the Bible would have looked a lot different because that was right away. <laughs> that was right away. That was like the start of his ministry. Now he was led out of the wilderness and now he started his ministry. That's insane. We need to combat the voice of the devil with the word of God. We need to combat the devil, the voice of the devil with the word of God. That's it. That's it. There's so much power in this. There's so much power in this. In the same spirit, we hear this, but I don't know if we know this. And I don't know, I'm speaking to myself. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. That's our authority. So when our authority is questioned, 
we get to kick it in the pants. We get to kick the devil out. (laughs) I don't want to say that again. That's not okay. (laughs) So if Jesus quoted scripture in the times of testing, how much more does that confirm that his children need to do it? If Jesus did it, we need to do it. Probably even more. (laughs) You know, because he was perfect. He was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important what, what voice we listen to. It's really important what voice we listen to. You know, when we give, if there's two voices, if I have, you know, like people are like, oh, I got these little guys on my shoulder. They're talking to me. You know, one's whispering one thing and one's whispering the other. We got Jesus and we have the devil. Whatever one we're listening to, the other one's quiet. (laughs) So we're giving more power to one voice than the other. The more that we listen to the one voice, the other one gets more silent, am I right? The other one gets louder and louder and louder. We need to be, Jesus needs to be the loudest voice in our life. Jesus needs to be the loudest voice speaking into us, into our trials, into our good times, into our, into everything. He needs to be the loudest voice in our life because right now there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things. And this is not to give like credit to the devil. This message is not at all to give credit to the wilderness season, to give credit to the enemy, to give credit to anything. This is just honestly to like for us to rise up, for us to understand like Jesus, if Jesus can do it, we can do it. And I know that some of you are probably like, well, give me a more practical answer than that. Like my trial's really bad, you know, and I'm not like your trial probably is really, really, really hard but this is the most practical answer I can give you, is to know the word of God, to know the author, and to know who's inside of you. That is the most practical answer I can give you as a child of God. You know, we want a bunch of solutions, but this is the only solution that's gonna work, is to know the word of God and to face it and to speak life into your opposition. Speak life into your wilderness. We got to watch our focus. You know, we talk about how the world's so terrible right now and how inflation's out of this world and how gas prices are crazy and how, you know, how much it costs to buy some chicken at Aldi or whatever, you know. What's that? If they even, oh yeah, if they even have chicken, right. My dog food went up like $10. Um, Hello, like prices are crazy. But honestly, we're giving so much power to that. You know, how about like the, the political stances right now? You know, everything, everything's political. You know, there's so much hate in the world. And I could sit up here and I can talk, we could talk about it all night. And a lot of us, I think we actually do. You know, what's happening around our dinner tables? It's important what's happening around our dinner tables. It's important what, what's happening in our, in our conversations. Like us talking about it is not making anything better. <laughs> you know, it's actually making things worse on the inside of us. So what we focus on, we give power to. And it says in Romans 8, in the ESV, it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. Do you know that there's like really like big butts in the Bible? Like these butts matter. You know what I mean? Like there's... Like it could have just ended right there. But it gave 
another option. It's not, it just didn't end there like saying, oh, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. That would be so sad. It says, but, because that but is huge, that but matters. It says, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That but matters. We need to be, we need to be living by the spirit. The Jesus was full of the spirit and was led into the wilderness by the spirit. He wasn't led into the wilderness by his flesh. He was led into the wilderness by the spirit. We need to live according to our spirit. It's important. And I have a question. If you are not in a state of peace, where, where's your mind focused on? What are you giving power in your life? If you're not at a state of peace, because honestly, sometimes like there's oftentimes when I'm not and I have to honestly take a step back out of myself and be like, what am I thinking right now? What am I allowing to consume my being? Where is my focus? What am I thinking about? Because if we're living according to our spirit, we will have life and peace. That's a guarantee. It says for to set the mind on the flesh is death. And honestly, it's not pleasing to the Lord when we're focused on our flesh. Our flesh doesn't really offer us anything good, you know, except the temporary satisfaction of eating pizza. (laughs) It's like that tastes really good. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Colossians 3, you guys should write this one down. This blew my mind. It says to set your mind on things above and set your mind on like heavenly realities. And that word set your mind is to, in the Greek, it's to exercise the mind. Let's go. To exercise the mind. You know, I don't love to exercise, but I do it anyway. And your muscles get sore. It takes a lot of work. Like it takes time to like make it a habit and to get in shape and to enjoy working out. We need to exercise our mind. It doesn't just come naturally. You know, you don't just like go to the gym and all of a sudden become buff. I wish. Sometimes our bo- some people's bodies are easier than others and whatever, things go quicker, but you don't just go to the gym one time and then leave looking amazing. That would be awesome. You need to exercise, you know? It takes like a continual thing. You train your body. And that's the same thing with our minds. It says to set your mind on things above. It just doesn't come naturally to set our mind on heavenly realities. It doesn't come naturally to think about heaven, heavenly things. It says to exercise the mind. It says to interest oneself in. You know, we can interest ourselves in the gas prices, but why can't we interest ourselves in the word of God and truth and who God is and who's inside of us? We need to exercise the mind. It takes work to think on good things. It takes a lot of work to think on good things, but the outcome is way better. It's life and peace. 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 We need peace. Am I right? And life. We need life. It takes practice. Unfortunately, practice makes perfect though. You always heard that in sports, you know? That's not true. I was never perfect, and I practiced a lot, okay? I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hang out with a lot of young women. I talk with a lot of young women. 
And I think that a lot, oftentimes the battle's in our mind. That's just not with women. I'm just saying because I talk to a lot of women and that's where I hear it from. But that's with men also. The battle's in our mind. And as, son, as a daughter and a son of God, we have to exercise our mind. We have to exercise our mind. You know, I think that sometimes we don't want the Christian answer. I actually hear that sometimes. Like, can you give me something other than the Christian answer? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and I, yeah, there is, there literally is no other answer. Like, I can give you a temporary answer and be like, yeah, this sucks. You know, like, this stinks. I'm so sorry. But... The Christian answer is the only thing that works. <laughs> the word of God. It's the only thing that works. And I'm so sorry. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I wish I had something that would just like poof, done. You know, like some fairy dust or something that just makes everything better in our minds. But it doesn't. This does though. I'm telling you, this week was a week for me. Okay? You guys ever have one of those weeks where it's just like, and maybe you had it this week too. I, um, there was one day this week, there was a couple of days, but the first day I was just getting, I was not okay. I wasn't at experiencing life in peace. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to get in the word, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And so I was just reading the word, reading the word literally all day. Like this is not an exaggeration. Like for the majority of the day, I was reading the word because I needed it to shift. I needed that thing inside of me to shift, you know? It didn't shift. It was really bad. But then the next day, next day came around and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm done feeling like this. And so I just started declaring truth. You know, I was literally in the lawn pacing. I was like, God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that this, the voices of the devil are gonna die. And I thank you that your voice is gonna rise above my trial. I thank you that your voice is going to be whatever. I thank you for boldness and confidence and assurance in who you are and who you say that I am, God. And I just bind all voices of the devil. And I thank you that your voice is louder than any other voice. And I just yeah, I will overcome this because your strength is inside of me. You give me the strength to do anything, to face opposition, to face trials. And this does not define me. Your word defines me. And that is true. That is true. That is true. And it shifted. It shifted. I, I swear, I was like, wow, that, like, this actually works. Like, if we actually do it, if we exercise our mind, like, this works. And you know that, you know that, but when you know that, it's different. When you experience it and when you know it, it's different. You know, like, I knew it the day before that. I knew it the day before that. I was reading the word. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I was feeding myself truth, which is really good, but that thing didn't shift inside of me. I needed to know it and walk in it and believe it and do it. I was operating the second day out of a different level of confidence. <sighs> that is the only answer. <laughs> the Christian answer is literally the only answer. That's it. Knowing and believing the word. And we have to get this in us to know it. We have to know the author to know it. Yeah. Yeah. Is everyone doing good? Good deal. You know, Jesus was tested and tried in his identity and his authority. And look at the fruit of his ministry. 
He didn't waver. He didn't shake. He didn't cower. No, instead hell shook. Demons, demons were, went away. Darkness turned into light because he was walking in his authority, because he was walking in his identity, because he knew who he was. Ooh, yeah. Because his temptation was, the, what his, was his greatest strength, the testing of his identity and authority. After the wilderness, Jesus was propelled into his ministry and was able to minister from the power of the Holy Spirit. And he came out in boldness. So let me just, let me just throw this out there. The area that you face great temptation and trial will be the area of great victory in your ministry. The area that you face great temptation and trial, that thing that it's always like, why is this always my struggle? <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I'm always like, why is this it? Like for me, it's my identity. I'm like, why, why, is that, why am I always tested in this? First of all, we never arrive, so we can all be okay with that. We never arrive. But that thing that's always, that always feels tested in your life will be the area of great victory in your ministry. God's ministry, you know, but your ministry. God will use your, so to say, struggle to shatter strongholds in other people's life. Your struggle will be a stronghold breaker. Your struggle will be a stronghold breaker. Your struggle will be a stronghold breaker. It will be, if you let it. If you let it. The trial doesn't define you. Not at all. The trial does not define you, but it gets to be a weapon. It gets to be a weapon. Like when you walk through the wilderness, Jesus walked through the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit led him, he came out in great power. Power was his weapon. Power was his weapon, but he also came out with a lot of other things. When you go through a wilderness, you're coming out and that weapon is going to be in your hand on the way out of that, out of that wilderness. And you're going to be able to use that weapon to break strongholds in other people's life, if you let it, if you let him use you. And I think that sometimes a lie that stops us from ministering is, oh, I need to be, I need to be more free or I need, to, I need to have arrived, you know? I need, to have be, I need to be here. I need to be right here. That's a lie. Well, how am I up here? <laughs> because of the Holy Spirit inside of me. That's how I'm up here. It's not me, you know? We, the Holy Spirit gets to use us in other people's life if we let him, it's the Holy Spirit in you that is going to break the strongholds. There's no pressure to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go break strongholds. No, you can't do anything in your own strength. It's him and you. Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's a marriage temptation. Maybe you're experiencing, I'm just gonna list off some things that I was feeling. I have a lot, so I might not list them all off, but maybe it's a marriage temptation. Maybe you guys are struggling and you've wanted to quit. The truth is the world needs your marriage and someone needs the testimony of your marriage, so don't quit. How about addiction? Addiction to smoking, drinking, drugs, pornography, addiction to self-harm, 
toxic thoughts. God is going to use your breakthrough to set others free. True and pure enjoyment of life and a high, like, a high on life with Jesus is on the other side of the trial. How about your identity? Questioning who you are, where you're supposed to be, stuck in the comparison game. No, God needs you to be you and not to be anybody else. The world needs what you have and what God put inside of you. How about depression? Depression isn't always what you think it is. You think of depression as like a deep sadness, like I don't wanna get out of bed. That's not always what it is. Um, maybe it's a lack of motivation or avoiding your own thoughts so you try to stay busy. You are going to experience a life of freedom. That cloud will be over you no more. That cloud will be over you no more. That cloud that is clouding your mind, that's clouding your whatever. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That cloud will be over you no more and will be over them no more in the name of Jesus. It has no place. It has literally no place. How about childhood trauma? A life of freedom and a legacy to walk out. That is on the other side of the wilderness. Wishing you were further in life. No, be present. God is teaching you something right here. Temptation to quit and walk away. Tempting thought that it would be easier if you walked away. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. God's call in your life is the most fulfilling thing. Maybe you've been tempted to quit life, like being tempted with the thoughts of suicide. That's a real thing. That's a, that is a real thing. Unfortunately, it's real. It's, they were saying, we were at the Send in Kansas City and they were saying this statistic, well, how many people is it in like, every 40 seconds somebody commits suicide. That's insane. So by the time we're done here tonight, think about it. That's, that's just wrong. Your life is a valuable gift. Listen, listen to me, if you are here tonight and you have ever recently or whatever, are you going through anything suicidal? Listen to me, your life is a gift. We need your life. Your life is important and God has a plan for your life. A good plan. A really, really good plan. I promise you. I promise you. And if, you, if you're facing that, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's people around you that love you and want to help you. I promise. And it's God. Yeah. 180 people by the time we're done. 180 people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people. How about maybe you're wrestling with a lack of happiness and enjoyment in your life? The truth is that God didn't create you just to go through life. His heart is for you to enjoy your life. You know our vision, it says that we are a movement of friendship encounters and we live to preach the gospel. That word live used to be exist. And they changed it from exist to live because we're not just supposed to exist on this earth. We're supposed to live, we're supposed to thrive, and we're supposed to enjoy our life. Doing these things. How about maybe you've been asking the Lord to heal you and you haven't, been, haven't received your healing yet? Perseverance and endurance is on the other side. A life of healing and faith. How about a season of singleness for all the singles in here? Come on, let's preach about this. Enjoy the season you're in. Enjoy the honeymoon lifestyle that you get to have and cultivate with the Lord in this season. There's going to be no season like this season for those that are single. I promise. It's amazing. Anyways, the last one. I have a lot. I have 
skipped over, but for time's sake, maybe you're in a season where you feel unseen and invisible by those around you. The good news is that God sees you. And in Matthew 6, it talks about how you you will receive the reward that you want. Receive the reward from heaven. It's way better. It's way better to receive the reward from heaven for doing things in secret. I promise. I promise. It's, we were never meant for it to be easy. Am I right? We were never meant for it to be easy. You guys have your Bibles? We're going to turn to John. John 16. You know, it's not easy to plow a path. It's not easy to stand out from the world. It's not easy to go against the grain, so to say. I think that some of us may experience FOMO, which is fear of missing out. Um, I think that's a real thing. And so we're like, well, maybe if I can just be like, like do this, you know, be here, but also be here. Like we can't do that. We have to be all in. We have to be all in. I think we have a, a fear of being rejected because it's just not easy. You know, like when I got saved, I wish someone would have told me that it wasn't going to be easy. You know, no, I'm just kidding, but for real. It's not easy. (laughs) But when you're experiencing opposition, you're doing something right. We're doing something right and we're getting a tool out of it. You know, God's gonna use it and it's gonna be good. In John 16, 33, this is the Amplified Classic. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have trials and tribulation and distress and frustration. Wow, it just keeps going. (laughs) But, this is a big but. But, be of good cheer. In other translations, it says to take heart or to take courage. For I, Jesus, have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. For you. You know, I looked this up in the Greek because I've been enjoying, like, studying that a little bit. Not that I really know what I'm doing, but I know where to go on the, on the thing to find it. That word but, that it means on the other hand, which is, it's kind of cool. On the other hand, that word take courage or that phrase take courage is to be bold, but be bold. And that word overcome is victory. So here's my sentence of this all. I have told you that these things, that in this world you have trials and tribulation. On the other hand, be bold, I am victorious. Be bold, on the other hand, be bold, for I am victorious. On the other hand, be bold, for I am victorious. Who is victorious? Jesus is victorious. It says that I told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world, you will have trials and tribulation, distress and frustration. On the other hand, be bold, I am victorious. You guys, this is a part of the call of God in our life. All of us is to be bold, to be bold. Take heart. That word take heart, my personal, my personal opinion of that take, take heart is to literally draw near. 
draw near to the Lord, draw near to the Lord. How do we be bold? We draw near to the Lord. How do we walk in, on, in the victory? We partner with his victory. We are above all of these things. We're above all, of, like we are seated in heavenly places. Yeah. Jesus was bold and he faced opposition. In 1 John where it talks about that we need to live as Jesus lived and he lived bold. Study the life of Jesus. I promise you, you will not be mad that I told you that. <laughs> you wanna learn how to be bold? Study the life of Jesus. Study the life of Jesus. <laughs> you wanna know what's funny? Is in Luke 4, after Jesus was let out of the wilderness, he started his ministry in power. And literally, it says, Jesus casts out a demon. Jesus heals many people. Um, Jesus continues to preach. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Um, is that enough? Should I keep going? <laughs> he did all that in boldness. He did all of that in boldness. Boldness. Boldness looks like something. <laughs> boldness looks like something. It's standing out. It's being different. How about using the voice that we have? I'm not gonna say things that I wanna say right now, but I have a lot of things that I wanna say. If the world can use their voice, why can't we? If the world can use their voice, why can't we? I'm just saying. Todd White said this. He's like, um, who cares about how many likes you have? You have the love of God. Who care? Who cares who likes you? You have the love of God. I'm just saying, if they can ruffle our feathers, can we not just sit, ruffle some feathers? I'm just saying. If you want to watch something, I'm not, it's fine. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you. Watch Todd White at the Sun. Just type in the Sun on YouTube. Fast forward like 45 minutes. You'll find him. Just watch what he preached about. He was talking about how the, the gospel is offensive. Okay. The gospel is offensive to, to people. Like, it's just, it just is. But as children of living in the kingdom, our normal should be abnormal to the world. Our normal should be abnormal. It says in Mark 16, to go into the world, to go. That word go means to go. Like that word. <laughs> I know, it's, it means, it, that's really deep. But it literally means to like take action, to like go, to depart from, to do something. It doesn't mean just, oh, yeah, go into the world. It's like, no, go into the world, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. You will pick up serpents. It will not harm you. You will drink deadly poison. It will not affect you. That's what we get to do. It says, go and do these things. Ugh, our, our normal should be abnormal. Our normal should be abnormal. It should be bold. Am I right? Come on. Boldness you guys want to stand with me. If I could get a keyboard player. Anyone, anyone. Dieter, yeah. Listen to this testimony. I felt like Pastor Bob for a second. We were at the Send in Kansas City. For those of you that don't know, the Send in Kansas City was hosted at Arrowhead Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, um, just this past weekend. Um, a bunch of people literally from around the world gathered at the stadium to for a 12-hour event, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
for a lot of people, it was earlier than that. You know, we got there really early. And we, um, it was towards the end. It was a hot day. Like people were experiencing sun sickness and it was, in, it was really, really intense. Um, but they were, at the end, they were doing this healing and commissioning time. It was really awesome. And we were, we actually had field passes. So we were standing on the field and there was like, like 10,000 were allowed on the field or something like that. And we were all standing there and Todd White was up there. And he's like, I really believe that there's a, um, a grace or a anointing right now for people, for deaf ears to be open, blind eyes to see, people in wheelchairs to walk. And he's like, if, you, if you're experiencing, it, experiencing any, like if you can't hear out of any of your ears, or if you can't see or if you're whatever, I want you to raise your hand. And if you're around one of those people, like I want you to pray for them. And we, we just so happened, like this lady to my right, she's like, say she's over by the Kleenex box. Um, she couldn't hear, <laughs> 40 years, she couldn't hear. And um, a guy from our group, Simeon, he grabbed me and he's like, will you come and pray for this lady with me? And so we walked over to her and we, um, we were just praying for her and Todd White up, up there, he's like, on three, I want you to yell open. He's like, in Jesus name, deaf ears open. And the whole stadium was yelling open at the same time. So it was, it was so powerful. Like talk about chills down your whole body, you know? And this lady took out her hearing aids and I didn't, we didn't get the testimony till after, but she took out her hearing aids and Kiana wires. She also goes here. The lady's like talking in my ear. Like, I want to know if I can hear. And Kiana starts talking in her ear and this lady starts to sob. This lady was completely deaf in one ear, 30% in the other. And she started to hear. She started to hear. That is abnormal. That should be our normal. And that should be abnormal to the world, but that should be our normal. This lady started to sob. Imagine 40 years of not hearing. You know, we take it for granted because we can hear. 40 years, how about the person in the stands that got, it was able to walk out without their wheelchair? That's insane. That is amazing. That is our normal. That is our normal. So I was at the coffee shop. So I work at Caribou really part-time and Kiana had come in and we were talking about it. And like, I don't know, at a coffee shop, there's a lot of people. So we were just talking about this testimony, how we just experienced this lady being healed. And of course there's people around us. And then people started to ask me, oh, so you experienced the healing? I've never experienced, I've never seen that, you know? And it started to spread like wildfire if we all could just open up our mouth. Like I wasn't even talking to anybody directly. It was indirectly. But faith started to spread like that. Imagine if we opened our mouth and spread the love of God, the good news. In Mark 16, it says to go into all the world and preach the good news. The good news. This is the good news. There's a lot of bad news going around right now. This is the good news. We get to preach the good news that Jesus still heals today, that Jesus is our savior, that there is hope in a hopeless time, that there is light in a dark place, that you don't have to be experiencing depression or going through any times of trial with anxiety, anything like that. There is hope and it's, his name is Jesus. And it says to preach the good news to everyone, not just those that are approachable, 
not just those that are trying to fight you on Facebook. Preach the good news to everyone, to everyone, to everyone. Father God, we thank you. If you wanna just hold your hands out like you're gonna receive something, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for boldness. I thank you for boldness. I thank you for boldness. I thank you, on the other hand, be bold for you are victorious, God. I thank you that we are going to rise up in boldness because we are victorious, Lord. We get to rise up and partner in your victory, God. And I thank you for that. Father God, I thank you for your example. I thank you for the true example of what boldness is and what it looks like. I thank you for tonight for an impartation of boldness in Jesus' name. I thank you that voices that have been silent will not be silent anymore, Father God. I thank you for truth. I thank you for an impartation of truth and fire in Jesus' name, God. I thank you that we will rise, we will shine, for the day has come that us as children of God need to rise up and be who you've called us to be, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for a true identity wake-up call, Father God, and I thank you that you've called us for such a time as this, that the world needs us to be who you've called us to be for this time, Lord. I pray for boldness and confidence and assurance, Father God, that when we speak, things happen. When we speak, things happen, Father God. And I thank you for preaching of the good news to fall and flow out of our mouths in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you for the ears that are hearing this message. I pray for those that have been in a self-inflicted wilderness season, Father God. I pray that tonight that the tide would turn and that they would surrender to you and allow you to take over their life once again. I pray for those that are being led by you and have been battling a hard season, Father God. And I pray that truth would flood their minds, their hearts, and that truth would be the loudest voice inside of them. I thank you for producing something inside of us that is greater than ourselves. I thank you for the in invasion of truth peace and boldness and I pray that you would empower us with your boldness tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name Father God I thank you for boldness 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 in Jesus name I thank you that we are partnering with you in your victory in Jesus name in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen if you guys need prayer, if you've been experiencing any of these things or anything that I didn't list off, I really, really encourage you. We're gonna have the ministry team up here. Please come and get prayer. We really, really believe that tonight you are here on purpose. So other than that, be blessed and have a great night. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.